Hello and welcome to our show. We like stuff and so should you. Cause I started and then you finished. show where we talk about the things we like and hopefully you'll find them interesting and go look at them later because it's, it's pretty great that's basically the show yeah uh, well, waving to the mic as if to wave down our viewers. No, I was scratching my eyes. Tired. Yeah, we were broadcasting through the facilities of Trent Radio. Why are you saying it like it's a question? Because I'm trying to remember. It's been been like a couple weeks, that's all. Because we just didn't do a we just didn't do a show last week. 92.7 CFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFF
the horrible reality TV show, yes. which you can now find on Amazon Prime. Another thing I don't particularly like that I subscribe to, but here we are. So, so you enjoy watching it. You don't enjoy the show. Yeah, the show. Make that distinction. The show is horrible. It's literally um, so the premise behind Ink Master. There's. I'm so sorry. Um, what is it? It's six o'clock. It's six p.m. No, it's not. It's ten p.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are fifteen, sixteen, I think, tattoo artists. I almost said ink masters. <laughs> There are 16 tattoo artists who are supposedly the best of the country, and they come to compete in different challenges where they tattoo actual people in very high-stress, time-limited situations where they have to tattoo very specific categories, even if that's not their specialty. And it just seems, like, on the surface, like a really bad premise, because one, you're putting these people who are actually very talented artists in these positions where they have to tattoo in um, way reduced time frames than when they normally would do these types of tattoos and putting them out of their comfort zone, which according to the judges is, is what makes you tattoo masters if you can tattoo everything. And it's like not everyone can tattoo every single type of style. That's just unrealistic. So like... It- I will, I will only selectively defend this show in certain aspects. If you want if you want to claim the title of Ink Master, then yes, I do believe you need to at least be versed in every style. But you don't need to be a good tattooist to be an Ink Master. Or you, whatever. You don't... No, you're not... That was wrong. But you're not, you don't have to be Ink Master to be a good tattooist. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. But it's just... Like, not everyone is going to be good at everything, and these are real people you're putting these tattoos on, and because of the stakes of the competition, you can't say, no, I'm not the best at that style, I'm not going to do it, you have to do it anyway. And then people get real messed up tattoos because they don't, they don't say, hey, I can't do that, or hey, I'm not comfortable. Confident doing that style, they are yeah. just like, this is a competition. Try. If I don't do it, I'm gonna go home. And then they get real wacky tattoos. Most of the time, they're okay. Um, I mean, the people get tattoos for free, so they agree to it. But um, you know, and the tattoos are usually pretty decent because the tattoo artists are, um, you know, pretty pretty good artists in general, or else they wouldn't be on the show. Um, but I think the one thing about it for me is that art is so subjective and for me specifically, like there are certain types of tattoos that I really don't like. And I think like the judges, although they are trying to stick to being like, oh, it's a line issue. It's a color issue. Like, I feel like sometimes the tattoos are fine and they're just like they're looking for things to critique versus being like this is constructive criticism yeah or it's like it seems like they're just judging their art style rather than judging the actual quality of the tattoo Mm. but it's very subjective so yeah I feel like that's one of the problems I have with it but I watch it because oh my gosh 
wash because one, I've been so tired recently that it's just something easy to put on. I can fall asleep to it if I want to, and if I miss something, I don't really care. <laughs> so that's one good thing. Another good thing is that I am really a sucker for reality TV. I try not to be, but honestly, at the end of the day, a good cheesy reality TV show just gets me hooked. It does. Yeah, I, I understand the appeal. And I'm glad it really makes you happy. Honestly, it's you get very excited about it. It's nice. But I hate this show. Because every time every time a critique comes around, either it's like they critique something that's like, this is a good tattoo. Under the circumstances, you had six hours to do probably an eight-hour tattoo. And you tattooed something you didn't enjoy doing. It turned out well. And then they just like rip it to shreds because it's like not perfect. Yep. It's pretty buck wild. I don't know. I, I... Yeah, there's a lot of things that are bad about it. It's also sexist and racist. Terribly. At the end of the day, the show has been canceled after 13 seasons, so I I don't feel as bad for watching it because I'm not supporting them getting another season, unless yeah, yeah. No. I don't know. How, I don't know how like all their shows work because I feel like the producers or somebody still makes money, even even like defunct shows. But they're not, they're not in business, But they're though. not, it's not like me watching it is going to be like, oh, they're, they're getting a lot of views still, so they're just going to keep making it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, it's, like, it's not a very good show, but I feel like a lot of reality shows are bad in that way. Um, but I also just really like watching things related to art, and so... Um, seeing people create these tattoos that are often really nice is is something that I really do enjoy about it because um, the art is really nice when it comes together and but yeah like any reality tv show there's just like a lot of forced drama and it's really um silly a lot of the time and um not super super um doesn't make a lot of sense you know yeah no that's fair I, like I said, again with shows like that, i think the big draw with reality shows as well is that you're getting like real unfiltered people in their weirdest habits. i don't think anyone watches a reality show for it to be reality <laughs> a reality show is never reality it's so much pretend drama it's literally like you well, just watch it because it's like scripted drama my favorite too in, in ink master the, the the amount of like like quick cuts to fe- people's like facial expressions when someone's getting like a good critique and like seven people behind them are like shaking their head or like making a face because they're like oh that tissue sucks sucks it's, it's awful and it's just like there's you don't need to cut to everybody for everybody's reaction just show us the art also is that taken out of context who knows yeah like do they just is somebody like shaking their head to something else and they just cut to cut to it during somebody else's critique because it would be like oh is, wouldn't this be great for the drama also the judges really suck I don't like them yeah the judges are wild and, and what's, what's that main guy's name Dave Navarro Dave Navarro is like has no authority judging a <laughs> tattoo competition literally knows nothing about tattoos literally at the end of the show he's like I'm here because I'm from the client's perspective I know what it's like to get a tattoo because I have a hundred tattoos. I'm like, okay, Dave. 
<laughs> like, honestly, you have, like, I get it. Like, you have a lot of tattoos, so, like, you know maybe what you like in a tattoo. But it's... But you haven't been tattooing for that long. You've never done a tattoo. So yeah. how do you know... Like, I watch this show, and it's actually amazing the amount of things I don't know about tattoos, like... That you, like, learn or pick up on that kind of stuff? Yeah. Like, I didn't know how many different needles there were, how you do, like, black and gray tattoos by, like, mixing water into black rather than mixing white. Yeah, you have to dilute the paint or, yeah, yeah, the ink. I don't know. There's, like, a lot of cool stuff that you learn, and it's, like, a very complicated... Um, art form, which I, you know, every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, this is so complicated. And, you know, you learn about the worst spots to get tattooed, and you learn about all this cool stuff. Um, so I do enjoy it for that reason. But, yeah, I don't know what I was saying. Dave Navarro. Wh- bad music, bad ideas, bad, bad uh, critic. Yeah, one time a person got a portrait of Dave Navarro. Yeah, and it was, and he, like, they made it so, like, so sublime, it was just, like, he, he was freaking out, he was like, oh my god, you're, you're actually doing this? This is unbelievable, like, I, I like, and he but was, like, But this speechless. is the thing, okay? Everyone on that challenge was there to get a portrait of their family member who they brought with them. <laughs> so it was like, I'm getting a picture of my significant other, I'm getting a portrait of my mom, and their mom, or, like, their significant other was there with them, and that was, like, the challenge surprise, like, oh, the person has come, so they're going to judge it more harshly because the actual person is there. And then it's like, I'm getting a picture of Dave Navarro? Like, huh? Like, what do you mean? Like, what a weird choice. Yeah, and the whole, I don't know. I feel like the show, it doesn't have merits, and every time we watch it, we just get upset. Well, there was that one time Aaron and Alex were over, and even, like, Tristan came over that one time, and he he stayed, because, again, it has that kind of flair of, like, yeah, let's watch literal garbage uh, until the sun comes up. But then Aaron and Alex watched, like, one episode, and they're like, well, I want to know what happens. And then halfway through the second episode, they're like, there's too much negativity in this. Um, and that's the, I think that's the other thing that's it's so frustrating about the show again we're watching it's very it very negative yeah. yeah we're watching it because it's a it's a huge garbage fire um, and that's that's the fun part but in every other reality like competition show especially like anything of the sort you don't really have or at least i haven't seen a lot of people you know actively try to sabotage each other and they make it out in this show like like somebody is just going to say something to someone and it's gonna it's gonna stop them from tattooing like that like I don't know what I don't know what they have in mind that's it's like oh I'm, I'm gonna make sure I, I destroy these two and it's like what do you you just have to be good you just have to be better what are you talking about it's just it's just so wild yeah is that all you have to say about something that you hate that you love to hate yeah I think so <laughs> fair uh my first thing moving right along is ink master redemption (laughs) the separate show where previous contestants come back on for a second try no that's a real thing i saw it it, no way i saw it today no way ink master redemption it's real it's real we're watching it Uh. one day (laughs) no my first thing is demon souls 
demon souls demons. is demons actually it's demons souls it's a plural on the demon or possessive i think um demon souls is a well a souls style game just like dark souls bloodborne um sekiro it was originally made in 2009 uh, for the playstation 3 um, and i looked at gameplay of demon souls on the playstation 3 i have no idea how people played this game um, it was such a potato to look at. You know who else such a potato? Momo. Yeah. Yeah. We have a very good view of Momo while we're recording this. Yeah, he's just a potato boy. <laughs> we love him for it. Right, Momo? Yeah. Momo! Potato boy! But not Demon Souls, because that's not a good potato boy. No, that's true. <laughs> have you seen the original one? No, but I played the first Mass Effect game. I think I have an idea. <laughs> um, so Demon's Souls, it's it's very similar kind of structure to any of the Dark Souls type games. Um, basically, you're set in this kingdom of Boletaria, uh, which is consumed by a dark being called the Old One. Um, uh, the Old One, I can't remember why it came to be, but the Old One like brought about this fog and then brought about demons and demons came to the land started tearing souls away from humans uh and humans without their souls just go insane just like anybody would um of course of yeah course. but the demons kind of like just persisted and no one could really take them down um and uh there you have to go to like five different worlds essentially i don't know if it's on the same planet or if it's like different dimensions but you go to five different places um, where I believe it was the uh, King Alant. Um, you have to kill the king and pacify the old one. Um, and yeah, I think something about the... Uh, here, let me see if I can find the synopsis. Uh, in ancient times, due to misuse of magic known as the soul arts, Boletaria was attacked by a being called the old one. The world was nearly consumed by the magical deep fog. Uh, the soul-eating demons it created. Oh, sorry, and the soul-eating demons. The one, the old one was eventually lulled into a slumber, saving what remained of Boletaria, while some survivors became long-lived monumentals to warn future generations. In the game's present, Boletaria's ruler, King Alant, restored the soul. Oh my god, that's what's happening? I was trying to... The Souls games always have, like, a very... Not mundane, but I always don't... I never grasp the, uh, the story right away. Because there's, I'm just trying to stay alive. So whenever people talk to me, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. Do you have anything for me? I need to keep, I need to go. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess King Alant is kind of a, kind of a, kind of a jerk. Um, reawakened the old one and the demon army, and now the demons are running havoc. And you, uh, apparently, from what I've seen, it looks like you were kind of uh, lured into Boletaria. Uh, and once you're in Boletaria, if you die, um, your soul remains trapped uh, by the Nexus. And the Nexus is like kind of like a, a pillar-esque of a hub world connecting the, the different worlds you go to. Um, but yeah, dying in Boletaria traps your soul. So you're basically forced to be in this world. And the way I view it when you're playing the game, it's like, well, if I'm here, I might as well try and save it. But yeah, it's super fun. I feel like I've trained my entire life to play Demon's Souls. I've always heard that Demon's Souls was the hardest, and I'm pretty sure it was that way because... Uh, hardest of all the, the Souls-esque games, and I'm pretty sure it was that way because the controls were trash. 
Um, everything was a lot slower. Uh, you had to be more meticulous about when you blocked, when you attacked, when you healed, uh, because everything um, everything was scary. Because if you did an animation, you were not stopping. Uh, I can't remember what funny video I was watching, but it was something along the lines of when you when you press the attack button, you've signed the paperwork and you're waiting for it to be processed before you can do anything else. Um, That's what I like to do when I play a video game, is to to have that delay when I press the button. Slow and methodical. Well, Um, that's not even slow. Like, that's just, that's not, that's not the definition of slow. Slow would be if you press the button and immediately you swing your weapon, but it's slow moving. Yes. And that's hard in its own way. Well, you can't. But this, if you press the button and it's delayed and. Well, it's not delayed. It's that you can't cancel out of it. And that's what you find in most games. And that's, that's kind of always been a thing. What do you mean? So if you go to swing your sword, you can't roll out of that swing. You have to finish that animation. And that's what these games are well known for. That's what I mean by that. So if you have a really heavy weapon and the swing that you press, you know, you have to lift it over your head. You can't button mash. No. And that's, that's, that's why these games are so good even though they're so punishingly that's difficult. That's why I can't play it. Because <laughs> well, I have buttons Well, it's because you panic. And it's very fun. I, I I think watching Melissa play video games is one of the most interesting things. I always have a lot of fun um, watching her play because I, I see her, what she's doing, and then I see the exact pathway. Uh, like the, the neurons in her brain are firing to be like, oh, I need to do this. And then her brain, like, it, it's not it's not to make fun of you. I promise. I love it. I love watching you play video games because I love, like, watching you get that aha moment is so cathartic because I don't have those moments anymore because I feel like I've played video games so much and so extensively that sometimes I don't treat the game like a game. I treat it like a puzzle. Um, and I, I know sometimes that's a little annoying because whenever I play with you sometimes I'm very focused on like, hey, we have to do the right thing and you're focused on let me explore, let me do, let me figure it out. But if I look at a video game like it's a puzzle, then if I, if I know what everything my character can do, that I view it as like, I can do A, B, or C, um, I'm looking for the C hole. Let me go find the C hole and I'll put my character into it and then I'll unlock whatever secret. Um, and for me, I'm fine with that. But and that's what I mean when I love watching you play. And I really think you should you should try at least either Dark Souls three or Demon Souls. Demon Souls might not be the worst. I don't know. But yeah. yeah, I think I would give Dark Souls three a shot. Yeah, out of all out of all Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Bloodborne. I mean. I do like the aesthetic of Bloodborne better. Very Victorian, yes. But I feel like because you can't block in Bloodborne, um, um, it'll train you better to deal with everything, rather than going in with a shield and just... Oh, I never use a shield in a video game. Oh, that's good. That's actually really good. Yeah, I always dodge. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it, it lends to your erratic nature. <laughs> yeah, who has time for a shield? Well, I I was getting so in Dark Souls, sorry, Demon Souls, um, you uh, a lot of it. Again, I, I've seen a lot of comments about it being like it's a black backstabbing machine. Um, so in the game, in most uh, Dark Souls games, if you circle around a humanoid character um, and you attack at the right angle, 
you will you will uh, start an animation where you backstab them and usually does massive amounts of damage it's pretty good you normally can't get hit during that animation um, but because everybody is as slow and meticulous as you are by the time they get up normally you can if you're one-on-one -on -one, you could probably get back around them wait for them to stand up and just do it again um, and then they had the parry and repost mechanic so if you have a shield a smaller shield at the right time you can bash your shield against their attack it'll knock them uh, like defenseless and then instead of having to move around backstabbing them you just kind of you do like a really cool animation um, so I brought up Demon Souls. I don't know why I clapped, but I brought up Demon Souls because they made a remaster for PlayStation 5. And that's all I've been really playing. Uh, and it's very exciting recently. I actually, uh, I started the game like a couple days ago and I realized that I was building my character wrong. Like I just put stats in the wrong See, this thing. is another thing I would never do. Well, I, I would just do it. And if it was wrong, I'd be like, I guess it's wrong. I would never go back and be like all those hard bosses I'd be. I have to do it again. No. Well, there's so I <laughs> don't have the patience for that. I literally can't. To me, it was really fun though. Because once I figured out how the bosses work, there's a couple that still required a lot of patience, but for some reason, everybody says that Demon Souls is the hardest, and I'm not having as hard of a time. And that, that's what I'm, I'm like really worried that I'm just going to hit a brick wall. Um, like so far, there, there's one boss that it's basically like a giant, um, and every time I walked into the room, I just kept dying, and I, can't, I couldn't figure it out. So I looked it up, because I don't care. And it's literally like, hey, this is the worst boss in the game because if you don't do it exactly in one way, you will not win. And I was See, like, I, okay, that's I, stupid. And that's the other thing. Like, I hate stuff like that. Well, no, I, me too. Because like, you shouldn't have to look something up to be able to beat a game or to like feel good or like make the right choice. Like, oh, I yeah. don't know. I always look stuff up if I'm like really, really torn or like I really care about making the right choice, but I try not to. Because I like having the surprise of it, and it feels like you're not really making a choice or doing it if you're just looking it up the whole time. No, yeah, and like I don't mind because even even when I was playing all through the Dark Souls series, um, I was still having a good time because even when I looked up bosses, it didn't help me beat them. It helped me start to like fine tune my strategies. But it wasn't like looking up a boss fight was like. Oh yeah, I have to hit them in this way, and then then they'll go down much easier. It'll be basically, and it's one of my favorite things about the soul. Like I, I think I talked about Bloodborne, one of our first episodes. I'm probably gonna go through a bunch of these. Um, and I think I talked about Sekiro. Anyways, the, my favorite thing is that when you look, when you when you uh, when you look up these strategies, it's not like do A, B, and C, and you'll get the end result. It's like, hey. You can try using magic. Sometimes it works. If you have a big enough, you know, uh, sword, you can sometimes maybe stagger them. But then you still have to immediately run away. So be careful. It's ne it, it's always just like try this. I don't know. Do your best. Um, and that's why I didn't mind. But yeah, Demon Souls having a boss where you have to like run around a pillar. Um, clear some rubble that's blocking your path but fast enough so he doesn't see you and then punch the wall and kill you almost immediately um, just to get to uh, like a crossbow ballista thing and you have to like shoot him four times and you have to do the whole thing without dying and if you get hit once like when you're lower level that's like well I can't do this right now 
that thing is frustrating. But the whole game is great. Anyways, the remaster, they redid a lot of the animations, but they kept the cadence of the weapon timing. So if you played the original, um, and you know the game by heart, pressing timing your attacks, it may look different, but it will be exactly the same. And that was one of my favorite things that I, that I learned about. The game looks spectacular, and I've never seen any game, for the most part, look this good unless it was made to be like more photorealistic, like The Last of Us 2 or anything like that. Oh. Exactly. So like a game like Dark Souls, I've never seen like a third-person role-playing game look this good. Um, and it was a company called Bluepoint that I did, think did the remaster. Um, and they just did a fantastic job. Everything looks great. And all the characters, they have so much emotion in their face when they speak to you. Their, their mouth moves really great. It's just a good time. And I know right now finding PlayStation 5s is one, like $700, and two, almost impossible until hopefully they have more stock later, like later in Christmas. But if you have a PlayStation 5 or you, you're able to play one, I highly recommend Demon Souls. Um, I, th I don't think I finished that thought because I was kind of bouncing all over the place. But uh, playing all the Dark Souls, Sekiro, and uh, Bloodborne, I feel really trained me for this. Because even my one friend, Tristan, who really who let, lent me the Dark Souls games, and then I eventually bought them because I was like, these are great. I love these. My brother loves them too. He was, even he said, you know, Demon Souls is apparently the, like, the diff most difficult one. And I plowed through, like, a whole bunch of bosses um and it's really fun it's some sometimes it's like the level design that's kind of that's kind of poopy poopy butthole like there's one level where you basically have to have to walk through a swamp and the swamp is poisonous so if you don't have the right materials or like regenerate like health regeneration you're just gonna die and you're gonna use up all your resources and then you'll have to some resources you can just purchase and they're unlimited but then you have to farm for souls to purchase them and it becomes like this, this uh, uh, recursive loop for me I, f I actually found some regeneration stuff um, and watching uh, I don't know if I ever talked about it uh, but there's a YouTuber called uh, Vati Media that I watch for a lot of lore on Dark Souls and all the Soulsborne games uh, I was watching him play and <laughs> I saw him do like a couple uh, glitches that were in the original Demon Souls that they didn't fix because it was such a faithful recreation, which I think is really great. There's one area where you can bypass like a mini boss by rolling over an area that you're not supposed to, and you get this regeneration ring, and I got it. Um, and then walking through the swamp was manageable. I didn't, I wasn't dying. I was at least like uh, net zero game. Uh, but yeah, no, the game is great. They like all it's just it looks so good. Um but yeah. That's 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 all I got to say about Demon Souls. I basically would be saying like just repetitive stuff that you I, I would have said on an earlier episode. And honestly, when I do an episode about, you know, Dark Souls 3 or something, I'll probably do the same thing again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolute op opulence. Opulence. I don't remember the first part. Opulence. I don't remember the first part. What is? What did they say? That is the first part. But then what? What is the whole thing? Opulence. We there it is. Everything. everything. But then yeah, it was, anyways. What's your second thing? <laughs> My second thing. 
is Hobbins. Go on. <laughs> okay. So recently, well, like a while ago, I was talking to Evelyn about Lord of the Rings character races. Cool. And it just like occurred to me that I always used to want to be like the elves because they're just fantastic, beautiful, strong, but graceful. Yeah. They do cool stuff. They live in a beautiful village. Classic elves. Yeah. But I didn't realize that my real ideal lies in the way of the Hobbit. And... You only realize that now? No, I didn't just realize it now. But, like, I realized it a while ago. And I was like, yeah. Hobbits rule. Hobbits are the best. They literally are so spectacular in everything. Their lifestyle, incredible. Um, you know, I'm specifically talking about Lord of the Rings here specifically. Um, like, what, what, where, what other media has hobbits? None. <laughs> like, Dungeons and Dragons have halflings, which is similar. Space, space, no, because they, they, they got big old rugged feet. They're hobbits. They're hobbits. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's just, that's, that's what I mean. Like, there's different words for the same. Gotcha. But I just think that hobbits really embody cottage core lifestyle, <laughs> which is a real ideal as far as um, their outfits, their clothing, the amount of food they like to eat, um, the way that they treat their family. Um, literally everything about them is just. A plus. It's just what I aspire to be. Um, I guess, um, I was just looking up the Lord of the Rings fandom.com, the one wiki to rule them all, um, and just this really great quote from Gandalf in Fellowship of the Ring, Hobbits are amazing creatures, as I have said before. You can learn all there is to know about their ways in a month, and yet after a hundred years, they can still surprise you out of inch. So Aww. I think that's just so cute. Um, especially because obviously Lord of the Rings, the whole thing is that the hobbits, um, you know, they're very much homebodies. They like to stay at home. And so it's kind of odd that Bilbo wanted to adventure. And then also that, um, that eventually Frodo goes on his adventure as well. Um... Yeah, I'm just gonna read a little bit about their culture, which is mostly why I love them so much. <laughs> Most hobbits enjoyed farming, food, ales, parties, and giving and receiving of presents. Okay. Ideal. Just A plus all just, around. Just A plus all around. They were usually happy and happy-go-lucky, although they were often shy. Still. Hobbits preferred a quiet, normal, and peaceful life, which is why Gandalf was humorly frowned upon sometimes, because he brought adventure to Bilbo. Many of them seem him returning from his long journey to the Lonely Mountain with his steed laden with great chests of gold. Um, I don't really know what that has to do with it. Um... There's really nothing like 
like um, like reading about or, or or even in the movies like watching their feasts and stuff. Here's what I was looking oh, for. Okay. Yes. Lifestyle. <laughs> Hobbits are fond of an adventurous, bucolic life of farming, eating, and socializing. <laughs> According to Jackson's trilogy, they enjoyed seven meals a day. Breakfast, second breakfast, breakfast, elevensies, luncheon, afternoon tea, dinner, and later in the evening, supper. In the book, however, supper is simply an alternative name for dinner. Um, however, okay. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. I I love eating many meals a day. It's just ideal. I just, everything about a hobbit, I feel like hobbits are not, um... I feel like it's just one of those things where everyone can identify with a hobbit lifestyle and just be like, yeah, I would like to live that lifestyle. Yeah, I don't think that, like, you have to be really out there. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to be really, really unique to look at, to, to not really agree with anything of the hobbit lifestyle. And it encapsulates so much. Yeah. So much good and comfy and, and just great, just good. I think hobbit's lifestyle can be a comp can be summarized into the feelings I have towards the season of fall. Cozy, hearty, peaceful, inside a lot because it's cold, and, you know, pretty outside because of changing colors. Warm drinks and soups. And I just think that that's what Hobbit lifestyle is all about. Furthermore, they like simple foods such as bread, meat, potatoes, and cheese. And also like to drink ale. Um, so again, they're basically their diets charcuterie boards, and they like to drink <laughs> beer. So I would say that those are things that I can get behind. Also, potatoes. I'm obsessed with potato. I don't know if anyone else is obsessed with potato. Well, I feel like that's a that's a common thing. I'm just saying, my mom made steak and potato for dinner one time, and there was baked potato, and we had hell of a good dip and caramelized onions on it, and I was like, this potato's my favorite part of this meal. Of this steak. And she was like, what about the steak and the other vegetable and this other thing I made? I was like, no. The potato <laughs> is the best part of the meal. Um, they also have been known to have a particular fondness for cake. <laughs> well you say that you look <laughs> you look at me as if as if that like that's the cherry on top nothing else nothing about their lifestyle but also they like cake more so than the regular person <laughs> yeah they also love gardening as you should yeah given the time I think everybody no. Given the time, I think a lot of people would enjoy gardening. It's just very stressful to try and fit that Not in. the city of men. There's no gardens there. The city of men? Well, like Gondor oh. and stuff. Yeah, but no, no, they have, they have the, the entire world to defend against. Yeah. They do have farms. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Um, one point against them, unfortunately... Is, an, is that they have an inordinate, inordinate liking of mushrooms, prizing them above many other foods. But don't like but that. But you, you've had mushrooms that you've enjoyed. Not necessarily. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> okay. Um, also, I just think that um, 
the hobbits um their houses are also incredible i don't in like lord of the rings the, all the houses in the shire with like the circle doors all under yeah it's I, a very good aesthetic it's a beautiful aesthetic and to see the whole village of all those houses everyone just like chilling sitting by a fire making some delicious food they got from their garden and hanging out eating their charcuterie board um seven times a day that's just what i want my life to be um it really truly is in every way shape and form yeah (laughs) i think that's really it well there's nothing wrong with uh just ending so succinctly on i like i like being fat and sassy yeah it's not it's pretty great yep so hey no yeah no what were, what were you gonna say no it's good no i want to hear it it's not going succinct. on not going on i'm not either <laughs> <laughs> all right i guess i guess you've won i won <laughs> Now that you're done talking, you're gone. What do I get for a prize? <laughs> Give me my prize. I don't want to tickle. I want a prize. <laughs> what is it? It's this next topic, actually. Is it a surprise for me? Kind of. Okay. So my top... So <laughs> my last thing for the day, my second thing, is just the fact that... Basically, all animals like to be pet. Tristan is a prize. <laughs> I didn't expect the same voice. I find it satisfying what you have said. Okay. Please tell me more. Alright, alright. Do you want me to stop? Okay, I'll stop. Hey guys, that was weird. Some witch came in here. And <laughs> you started talking to Brennan and put a spell on me. I was paralyzed, but I'm back. So I I was thinking about this, and I've seen so many videos of just animals being pet, and and even like unique animals, like like the one like reptiles, really getting into like being pet or getting scratched. And I was thinking about it, and like even even most humans, um, if you get what is that that head massager thing? It's basically like a like a it looks like a, a squid with like a hundred more legs but it's all made of metal mm-hmm. uh, and you just put it over your head that thing is good like a head massager yeah I, th- I think that's what I said <laughs> there's something about like e- even like just human contact in general everybody but every... do all animals like it? Appa doesn't he does though he's just he's just uneasy about it it's just we're wild like Abba, I, the amount of times I've scratched Appa between the eyes and he's just like been super into it, and then I move a little bit too fast, and he's like, "No, not anymore." He, I know he likes it, um, and that, and that's just it's just a, like an incredible phenomenon. All things like to be petted, and it's just so great. And I, I, I was trying to look up into like as to why, um, and for like most mammals, it's it has to do with like like social. Um, social behaviors and stuff like that. Usually when you have social mammals, um, you get a lot of communal grooming. So, like, it's mostly common, commonly seen in monkeys where they just, like, you know, start going through their own, like, each other's hair and, like, picking up bugs and just actually they would start eating them too. So, in mammals, it, it seems more to have, uh, 
uh, evolved, like like the the skin, the, the nerve receptors near your skin would evolve to be to feel nice, basically to be pleasurable. Um, if you like, just to get to encourage people to groom themselves. Well, not necessarily exactly that, but there were so many good benefits that it was like it was like one of those things that like oh that makes sense. Um, most most of the the studies that I've looked at. Um, that suggests this kind of thought it's not really like yeah we figured it out it was like well when we looked at it with like mice um this part of their brain basically just like lit up and they were really stoked about it um it's a, like a specific gene that has that just has to do with um like pleasurable feeling um and they really liked uh specifically gentle stroking but not poking or pinching with a tweezer uh, elicited a response well, <laughs> I don't know why it's bold. Very, very self-explanatory to be like they didn't like being <laughs> poked or pinched, but they liked a gentle stroke on the head. It's like, yeah, obviously, obviously, one of those things is better than being poked and pinched. But it's, I feel like it's a, it's a very intimate thing to to have like a friend or or anybody really like give you a head massage or like give you a massage in general. But I don't know about. I can't really speak to everybody, but I really like being touched, just in general. And nobody, like, not, not, not a lot of people do that because it's, well, it's weird just to say that kind of. In that I regard. do. But I enjoy it. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, but yeah, it's just it, the fact that it's seen in so many animals, like bats. If you get them comfortable, they'll go to town. I've seen a giraffe get pet, and they what love is it. That a shark? Uh, I've seen sharks. Sharks get really like like small like dogfish sharks or, or dog sharks I think they're called. Um, I've seen like reptiles. Tortoises do that weird dance thing, um, but um, turtles have been known to like show the body language of being like really relaxed and really calm uh, if you like pet them properly. There's so many animals that just there are about about that life. And it's so it's so fascinating to me, but it's also it's it's one of those. It was it was like a post on Tumblr that's um, it was like uh, making a joke about humanity, how humans will pet so many things. Um, it was like yeah, like it's so wild that we that we live in a world that has that has so many that, that so no 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 sorry let me restart that. <laughs> the whole point of the post was. It's so, like, humans will try and pet anything. Like, that was the joke that was being made in this story. And then somebody commented, um, well, how, how wonderful it is to live in a world where so many things love to be pet. And it's just so good. And, like, you pet, pet, like, there's... It's true. I love petting things. And that, that's what I'm talking about. Only when I'm allowed. Well, yeah. Obviously, there's there's barriers, and you know you want to respect. Like most animals, do have their own kind of space that you would like to respect too. So you're not gonna like go grab, you know, a squirrel and pet it. But if you earn the squirrel's trust, you know, over time, exactly, you can pet whatever you want. I've seen you know elephants get pet. I've seen uh, what is it, crested geckos? No, not geckos. Bearded bearded dragons. I've seen once earned the trust of a chipmunk. You did. Yeah, remember I told you he you know, had my hand. Yeah. Yeah, he hopped right over and he had his little paws on my hand. Aww. Yeah. 
that's really it. It's just, it's such a, like, biologically speaking and scientifically speaking, it's so wild that that was, like, kind of like a coalition, coalescence of biology and evolution to be like, yeah, it feels good when things touch you. And obviously some people feel adverse to that, and that's totally fine. You're not abnormal or anything like that. But so many animals also follow that same route. And it's just so, it's so good. I've seen capybaras getting pet, and they're like giant guinea pigs. It's so good. Capybaras. Yeah. And it's just, it's just so, it, I, like, I do feel weird trying to talk about it being like, yeah, I love being touched. Because I understand how that sounds, but like, it's not supposed to be like, if you, if you take like the, um, the initial feeling of it's like, a, ugh. It's, it's a form of like caring. Not yeah. Like, yeah. You get that, like, even between people, you get like intimacy and stuff like that. And when I get really comfortable and I like, I can't help. Well, I, I can't because I'm not going to say like, oh, I can't respect people's space. Um, but if I'm if I'm having a good time with someone and I break out into laughter, I like reach out and grab them just to be like, please share this laughter with me or I am laughing too much. I need to ground myself with somebody. And that's always been a thing. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just it's just so good. Just animals getting pet. It's such a good it's such a good feeling to watch it <laughs> have you ever seen an animal just get right into it yeah you've seen maggie like yeah. tilt her head and try to dig her head into your hands yeah it's amazing i know so don't, don't make fun of me for saying i'm it not weird. i love it okay i, I love it too hmm. okay. all right hey. getting a bit randy on the radio I don't know. I thought we were being weird. <laughs> I'm just being a witch again. You're being so you were the witch. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I think this is the first time we had very well thought out ideas. And we actually have a bunch of time left at the end of the show. How much time do we have left? Uh, like six minutes. Oh. Before, like, we have to be like, wrap it up, wrap it up. Um, so we're going to play some music? I think so. I'll, I'll find some things to play. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good show. Good show, everyone. Good job. Good job, Thank boys. Thank you. Yeah. I was talking about Appa and Momo. They did a good job. Thank you. Alright, Miss Witch, if that's your real name. Why are you doing that with your eyes? What's happening? Oh no, the possession. It's real. <laughs> Melissa's convulsing. This is going to air four days from now, but I need help now. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, Matt Campbell, for providing our music, uh, our background music. Uh, thanks to everybody at Trent Radio. Uh, yeah. Thanks to animals for for like for 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 you know being there for being there and enjoying being pet. This one's for you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hopefully, you know I won't be so stressed because I started a pseudo placement at school that I basically forgot. Well, actually, I didn't forget to do the show. I just didn't do it. I was like, I can't do this right now. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Love Bye. You. Bye.
also realized I should probably tell you what song I'm gonna add. It's um, a song by Luca, the band that uh, Matt Campbell is in. Same with Jim Parrott. Uh, it's called Every Little One. Enjoy. <laughs> 